Sending Order podcast. In this show, I discuss my top five favourite things from various categories chosen completely at random, taking you along my pathway of preference from good to great. Is your host Russell Hodges, and remember, it's always in ascending order. Hello and welcome to the In Ascending Order podcast with your host Russell Hodges. Thank you my dear listeners once again for joining me today on My Ascent. It's been a while, a lot has been going on, we've had weddings, we've had summer holidays but now I am back exclusive for you my dear listeners to have another discussion on my top five favourite things from fifth ascending all the way to the podium finishes and eventually into that gold medal position. So without further ado, you all know the drill by now. The fruit bowl is back and it is beside me glistening in the UK sunshine. So I'm about to have today's Russell Rummage. Excited for this one. Let's see what we have. I'm opening the piece of paper beside me now. Okay, very, very interesting. I mean, I'm excited to do this one, actually. I hope I do not lose my train of thought and I very much keep on track because today, this episode, we are bringing things back home, at least home for me, because we are discussing my top five London underground tube lines. Now if you saw my last episode, European Cities, go and check that out if you didn't. We went very much continental with that one. But for this episode today, we are bringing things back to England, to the fine capital of London, and we are going to jump straight into the fifth position without any hesitation. In the number five spot today, it is the London Underground Tube Line that is dark blue on the tube map in fifth spot. It's the Piccadilly Line. Now, this is the fourth busiest tube line on the Underground Network. It does serve a lot of the major UK landmarks. Of course, Hyde Park Corner will take you to the beautiful Hyde Park. Buckingham Palace is served on the Piccadilly line as well for some royalty. And if you had the money to spend, you may want to take a short trip down to Knightsbridge and have a look around Harrods. So of course, it's a huge, huge line on the network, very popular. It also coincidentally, despite being a large and lengthy underground line, it actually has the shortest distance between two of its stations. And you will find those at Covent Garden and Leicester Square. There's only about 300 metres between them. So you could potentially pop up the steps at Leicester Square, sprint to Covent Garden and get back on the same tube that you just got off. Although at street level, London is incredibly busy around the area, so I wouldn't take any chances. Another interesting fact actually about the Piccadilly line is that this was the first line or the first subway in the world to connect to an airport and this was an extension to the Piccadilly line in the 1970s when it was extended further 
to connect to Heathrow. So again, some excellent connections and transportation links that the Piccadilly line has and continues to have to this very day. But that in itself is quite the accolade, the first subway to connect to a major airport. Now, another thing that I really love about the Piccadilly line is, of course, how it gets its name because it is steeped in history. Now, of course, some of the underground lines that I may or may not go on to talk about later, I think their names are fairly self-explanatory. And to an extent, the same can be said about the Piccadilly line because, of course, the name derives from Piccadilly Circus. But the question then remains, how did Piccadilly Circus find its name as well? Well, it was actually named after a gentleman who lived in Piccadilly Circus called Robert Baker, and he was a famous tailor. And the reason why he was famous was because he made what was known as Piccadills. I think I'm saying that right. It sounds like pickled eels, which I'm not saying, but of course that is also a popular London cuisine. I'm talking about Piccadills, which tailors would make, and they were effectively frilled collars on shirts worn by the rich and wealthy from yesteryear. You may see them in portraits of people like William Shakespeare, for example. So that is the reason why Piccadilly Circus gets its name from the Piccadills, from the frilled collars, and equally how the Piccadilly line gets its name as well. Now, I know that's riveting stuff, so please don't get too hot under the collar. A couple of things, of course, to mention with the Piccadilly line. This also serves some of the football grounds in London as well, most notably Arsenal's stadium, the Emirates in North London. I went there recently not to watch Arsenal because that is a rival club of mine. I am a Chelsea supporter, but I went to see the Arctic Monkeys in concert earlier this summer. And of course, I rode on the Piccadilly line and it was a lovely little venture up to Arsenal to watch one of my favourite bands live in action. And of course, on that journey, I also went through Russell Square the namesake of my good self and it is the only line on the network that serves Russell Square. So for that, in my eyes, personal preference, brownie points for the Piccadilly line and therefore today you nestle perfectly in fifth spot. Now talking of serving London's football stadiums, we are now going to move up into fourth position and give props to the London Underground line that does serve my beloved Chelsea Football Club, we're heading across to West London, we're looking at the tube map and the line in particular that is green in colour because in fourth spot today I am picking the district line and I said it just there, many a trip have I taken on the district line along to Fulham Broadway where of course Stamford Bridge is there, the home of Chelsea FC, the Blues and that was a trip that I used to take every other Saturday, strolling down the Fulham Road, as the famous song by Suggs, Blue Day Goes. But for that reason alone, I always call it my nostalgia pick. Of course, I still take the district line to this day, but it does have a little bit of nostalgia sprinkled over it as well, because of all those times I visited Chelsea FC. But many other reasons why I like the district line. It has many wonderful facts and figures. The first of those is it's the district line is the line that serves the most stations on the London Underground Network. And that is a grand total of 60. No tube line has more stations than that. And of course, the reason why it has so many stations, because it is a very vast tube line. 
over 40 miles or about 40 miles in total. So a lot going on on this line. It even has fictional stations along the way as well. And by that, I'm referring to EastEnders, which again, growing up, was a soap that I used to watch quite regularly here in the UK on BBC One. And that is because Walford Central, the fictional tube line that serves Walford East End, is on the district line and actually in the East Enders soap opera you will find that on the tube map Walford Central replaces Bromley by Bow. Again getting away from the east and moving across to the west another thing that I enjoy about the district line is that it has a lot of the network overground as well as just underground and actually this is probably something quite hard to fathom when you do come to London is that actually the majority of the network is actually above ground as opposed to being underground but we still call it the underground network of course we do because here in the UK we like to make things confusing and on the district line particularly heading across to the west there are some scenic routes and in particular on one occasion and it's the only time that I can think of on the London underground network where actually the tube goes above the River Thames via a bridge that happens between Richmond Station and Wimbledon and again it's just nice to see some nice views of London towards the west as opposed to being concentrated completely underground. So I am a big fan of the district line. I wanted to put it higher because of those connections to my beloved Chelsea and that nostalgia vibe but in the end I really couldn't find a place for it in the podium finishes today but I will absolutely take fourth position. The only thing really that I forgot to mention about the district line is that way back in 1911 the first escalator was installed on the London Underground Network that was at Earl's Court and of course Earl's Court itself, you guessed it, it's served by the Green District Line. So in fourth place today, it's respectable for the District Line. And just like that, under 10 minutes, we must be moving at the speed of the London Underground Tubes because they do rattle along at some rate. We are quickly heading in the direction of third position in today's top five London Underground Tube Lines and for bronze medal today, the colour on the map, we've had dark blue. Now we are switching up the shade because we're going to light blue. And that, of course, can only mean one thing named after Queen Victoria. In third spot today, it is the Victoria line. Now we've just had the district line that served 60 stations on the network and without getting tongue-tied we are moving from 60 stations 60 to 1616 because that's how many stations on the Victoria line just 16 the second fewest on the network only outdone by of course the Waterloo and City line and because of this the Victoria line I agree, I'm sure my listeners do as well, but do let me know. It's very, very beneficial and popular for speed from getting from one end to the other. That's Walthamstow Central all the way down to Brixton or vice versa, whichever way you are travelling. That journey end to end will only take you around 32 minutes and during that 32 minute duration, you are also coming across the three busiest tube stations as of 2022 for one night only in descending order the busiest starting out with King's Cross St Pancras in second place the Lions namesake Victoria Station and third of course the ever-present and busy 
Oxford Circus. So some very crucial stations on the line, but equally a very short line as well, serving just those 16 stations and a journey that is incredibly fast. Just to put that speed into perspective, the Victoria line has 36 trains that run on the hour. That means if you were to unfortunately run for the train and just miss it, you will only need to wait approximately another 100 seconds. So I think that gets a huge thumbs up from me. The Victoria line, a lot of plaudits. I'm delighted to say bronze medal position. And a slight segue and another plug for a previous episode, my coronation special top five monarchs. Again, please do check it out if you have the time. One of the monarchs that featured on that list was the late Queen Elizabeth II and she was the very first monarch in UK history to ride on the London Underground Network. The first line she chose was the Victoria line when she travelled from Green Park to Victoria. So a bit of royal history for the Victoria line as well. And of course, if you did want to follow in Elizabeth's footsteps, another interesting thing about the Victoria line is that at each of those 16 stations, the tiled artwork is reflective of the surrounding area. So again, I think that is a nice touch for those eagle-eyed commuters. But in third position, delighted with this one, it's the Victoria line. And now then, moving on to second place, just like the network itself and all these lines being interconnected, we are sticking now with a royal theme. The connections continue here because I am now about to break the rules and break the boundaries. The rules were made for me to break them because in second place, I am picking a line that actually a lot of people would argue is not a tube line. In fact, officially, in inverted commas, it isn't. You may think I'm referring to the Emirates airline, which of course I am not, which is the cable cars taking you from North Greenwich, the O2, over the River Thames to the London Excel Centre. It's not the Emirates airline. I'm also not going to be discussing the Docklands Light Railway. In fact, in second place, the non-tube line on my top five tube lines list Please don't come at me. In second place, it's the newest one. We're sticking with that royal theme like I mentioned. It's again another tube line following Victoria, named after a famous queen. It is, of course, opened just last year in May, the Elizabeth Line. Now, the first thing to explore here is why is the Elizabeth Line not considered an official London Underground tube line? And the answer is effectively twofold. The first is that actually the Elizabeth Line does cover a vast amount of the national rail network as opposed to the London Underground Network and for that reason a lot of the developers, TfL and the powers that be do not consider it part of the underground even though of course some of the lines such as the ever popular Tottenham Court Road are on the purple Elizabeth line or as we like to call it now the Lizzie line for alliterative purposes, which is always very nice. Now, a second main reason is actually because the trains that run on the Elizabeth line are actually slightly bigger than those on the London Underground, with the estimations that the Elizabeth line can carry up to 200 million passengers per year. So very beneficial to those on the Monday to Friday commute, as well as those coming into the capital from the lights of Reading in Berkshire, Abbey Wood in Kent 
and also Shenfield in Essex coming into central London on the weekend. It really is a very speedy and quick journey. As far as I can see, I've travelled now on the Elizabeth Line on a handful of occasions, but it's been a thoroughly pleasant and enjoyable ride. A lot of it, again, like most of the London Underground Tube Network, like I said before, is overground, so some nice scenic views uh, outside of London, and as you enter and exit central London as well and it's just incredibly fast. I mean I can get into London now far quicker than what I could do on the usual national network um, even though again Elizabeth Line technically that's what it is but it's incredibly fast, very useful to me and it's helped build up these surrounding areas. It's actually led to the creation of 10 new stations altogether. It has 41 stations across the line in total covering a span of 73 miles. Now of course this project did cost in the region of 20 billion pounds the Crossrail project. Now yes of course I do hold my hands up to that. Incredibly extortionate particularly during Covid which of course set the Crossrail project back but in May 2022 it was opened during the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations. It was named the Elizabeth Line after her. Other potential names that we were going to have for the Elizabeth Line included the Churchill Line after the Conservative Prime Minister Winston Churchill, but in the end they settled on the Elizabeth Line. I think that's probably the right call and it is really, from my personal experience, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. The air conditioning is top-notch because I'm always that sweaty, flustered person on the tube line standing in cramped, packed, sardine-like conditions. But actually, that's not the case. It's far removed on the Elizabeth line. It really is a nice, pleasant journey. And the air conditioning really is an added bonus for me. I'm nice and cool from A to B. I've used it to get to Heathrow, like I said earlier, for the fifth spot, the Piccadilly line. Only took me about 50 minutes end to end. Really fast, very useful. And overall, I don't think there can be too many complaints about this new addition to our transportation system. So in second place, it is the Elizabeth line. And just like that, our journey across the London Underground Network has landed at the Honourable Mention section. And quite interestingly, I have to hold my hands up to this one. There wasn't really too many tube lines outside of the elusive top five that I really could even consider as an Honourable Mention, let alone trying to creep up and break into that top five list. The only one really that caught any attention of mine to potentially make the top five but narrowly missing out by default would be the northern line again just because it's a regular line that I would use to commute to work and again getting from place to place throughout the capital but again the northern line like I said earlier or alluded to very much gives me that sardines in a tin type vibe very cozy in there but very cramped so although the northern line is a regularly used line I cannot fathom putting it into my top five so I'll leave it on its own standalone in isolation the northern line can be today's 
honourable mention. I mean, actually, having said that, I have probably jumped the gun ever so slightly there as well. I would also like to add some value and throw in the circle line as well. It keeps me well-rounded, just for the pun. So I'll go northern and circle as today's two honourable mentions. But that therefore leaves today's gold standard, the number one. This is, of course, probably the biggest debate across Londoners, across the capital. What is your favourite tube line network? We all use it on a regular basis. Is it the Northern, the Bakerloo, the Metropolitan, the Waterloo and City, Hammersmith and City? I've said the lot, but there's one I haven't. Because in first place today, we're going back to the tube line that was opened in the 1970s. It's maybe the gold medal today, but it's silver in colour slash grey if you ask me. Have a party. In first place, it's the Jubilee line. Now, am I throwing some bias into the mix? I most certainly 100% am. This is the tube line that I have used the most in my lifetime. Of course, before the existence of the Elizabeth line, I regularly visited London, our capital, driving up to North Greenwich, parking in the car park way back when I worked in retail at Bond Street. The car park only used to cost around three to four pound. Inflation people, you won't get those rates at the O2 today. But I would jump on the Jubilee line at North Greenwich, travel probably seven or eight stops all the way to Bond Street. And I did that for two years before I went off to university, working in retail on the busy streets of Bond Street. And I just loved the journey. It was nice it was clean. It's a very busy network, but again, it covers all the key ground that you want it to. For me, all the way through the likes of Canary Wharf, London Bridge, Bond Street, like I just mentioned there, Baker Street as well, if you want to hop off for Madame Two Swords and the like. So yeah, I love the Jubilee line. I think it's a wonderful addition to the network. Like I say, it was introduced in the 1970s, named after the Queen's Silver Jubilee, hence how it gets its silver colouring on our tube map, and how I may have ever so slightly bent the rules with my second place today, the Elizabeth line. The Jubilee line absolutely qualifies, and that is because it is the deepest tube line on the network. It goes down 105 feet at its lowest, very much underground. And what I also like about the Jubilee line, exactly my sentiments for the district line at fourth spot is that I would hop on and hop off at Fulham Broadway to go and watch Chelsea. Well, if I'm off to watch Chelsea on the Jubilee line, I know there is some success in store because I would be heading all the way to North London to Wembley to watch Chelsea most likely lift a trophy. Wembley Park is on the Jubilee line. The other good thing about the Jubilee line is that out of my personal top five list, the Jubilee line is actually the busiest, but I don't necessarily feel so crammed and condensed on the Jubilee line. So I don't know how it does it, but for me, it is incredibly favourable. The only lines that are busier than the Jubilee line are the Northern line, which was, of course, my honourable mention. And I shudder when I say this one, the red of the central line. Now, if anyone has central at number one on their top five list of London underground tube lines, please go and take a long, hard look in the mirror. But there we have it. To recap my personal 
top five list on today's In Ascending Order podcast episode. In fifth position, we started with Dark Blue and the Piccadilly Lion. In fourth place, we manoeuvred ever so cautiously along to the District Lion with its 60 stations end-to-end, the most stations on one single line. In third place, those podium finishes, we kicked things off with the Victoria Line, much shorter than the district line, but incredibly favourable for a lot of Londoners in the capital. In second place today, did I break the rules? It's the newest addition to the transport network. Elizabeth Line took second place. And from Stanmore to Stratford, today's number one, my favourite. I hope that you have a similar view of this line as well. It had to be in the end, no competition. Number one, the Jubilee line. Thank you all so much for listening. Do remember we do have the Instagram page, the IAO podcast. Say your vows, IAO. Yes, of course, we are missing the EU, but this is not a political podcast. Let's not go there. Today was top five tube lines. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you very much for joining me on my ascent. And of course, stay tuned for more lists that you don't want to miss. Thank you very much. And goodbye. Thank you for listening to the In Ascending Order podcast. If you liked this episode, please follow our socials and stay tuned for more lists you don't want to miss.